Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome in, everyone, to our Cracked Rackets live show as we unveil the 2023 NCAA Tennis Tournament draws. Alex Gruskin here, joined by my partners in crime. They join me each and every week on our episodes of The Deciding Point, where we break down every week's Division I men's and women's college tennis. Let's start by welcoming in a returning champion of returning champions. In fact, the returning champion here on our Cracked Rackets shows, a man you know best as a founder of the No Ad, No Problem blog and podcast, my co-host every Tuesday on our episodes of the deciding point and I actually thought Chris was reaching for him there little did I see he was turning on a light that was wonderful production oh, Jay there. I got you yeah it's our dear Brady friend. Bunch action exactly John J Parsons Jay welcome to the show you excited for today I'm very excited we'll, we'll learn a lot very shortly here so this is one of the it's like Christmas morning for those who celebrate yeah, Christmas morning or a night of terror. I mean, it, it really depends. It depends where your school is. Are you on the bubble? Are you waffling between top eight seed, top 16 seed? Of course, everyone is wondering what those groups are going to look like, Jay. Well, in our religion, we have coal to wake up to. So, you know, you still <laughs> never know. So I think Christmas morning is pretty apt here. This is fair. Cole could be in the stocking for some teams. That's a fair assessment, of course. Joining us as well on the show, a man whose phone must have been blowing up quite frequently over the course of the past two weeks, as he's the man who has all the mathematical answers we are going to be looking for here today. A man we refer to, of course, as a forefather of the college tennis ranks formula predictions. Never far from the li- uh, from the listed UTR, excuse me, one of the many dames to root for the Liberty Flames, the professor, the lean, mean, vegan machine. It's Chris Halioris. Chris, are you ready to just have your phone? I feel like after today, does anyone even need you? Yeah, this is like the end of the season right here. I mean, yeah. <laughs> let's be honest. I, I, I'm going to I'm going to pull up a report of traffic on the website and it's going to like it could be like Mount Everest up until last night. Uh, and then it's a cliff today. Yeah, this is, again, we all appreciate what you've done helping all of us prepare for this day, all the projected rankings, all the what-if calculations, all the triple runs, all those sorts of things. Of course, we'll try to explain those as they go along here today. Now, some of you may remember we tried doing this last year as well, and on last year's broadcast, we actually showed the NCAA broadcast selection show as it was uh, as it was progressing That's a major no-no. Can't do that again. We learned our lesson. We're not going to be doing that here this year, but of course, we will have answers for you as those draws come out. We'll try to provide screenshots to the best of our abilities uh, to show you each and every region. But of course, what we want to do in the next eight minutes, I suppose, before we get some actual brackets unveiled, is answer the biggest questions coming into today, because obviously there have been a lot of bubble speculations on our shows over the past couple of weeks. There's been a lot of jumping again, top eight seed, top 16 seed. What are the tie-breaking criteria that might allow some teams to jump others? Lots of things like that, but let's try to simplify it 
for everyone. And I'm going to start with you, Jay, on the women's side. Give me three. Uh, give me three things you are most interested for as we start our show again. The women's selection show, 6 p.m. Eastern time, at the top of the hour. Well, I think the one biggest theme I'm looking for is how heavily do they weigh non-direct head-to-head uh, criteria. So, of the four primary criteria that they look like, look at direct head-to-head. Uh, common opponents, top 50 opponents, and strength of schedule, aka ITA ranking. You know, there are several instances throughout this draw where there is no direct head to head. So you look at NC State and Georgia, you're likely three and four seeds. Do they flip NC State over? Uh, Georgia for that three seed because they have the advantage in some of those other primary criteria. I'm curious to see what that looks like because that will tell us uh, some of the other precedents that they set as we move down in the draw. So that is the biggest thing to watch. I think um, that then determines sort of the where UNC and NC State fall for me, which is a big thing to watch for. Or is that going to be a potential final or potential semifinal? Uh, and then lastly, I think on the Pac-12 schools, so a lot of Pac-12 schools on the women's side, I think are especially dangerous. And right now they are mostly outside of the top 16. And so you're looking at a lot of those Midwest, you know, central region host sites who might uh, end up with Pac-12 schools. So those are the three main things for me on the women's side. Yeah, I think that's fascinating, and I think you make a really good point there. We'll see the trend right away in those top women's seeds. And again, you alluded to the criteria there. Chris, you made an inquisitive face as if to suggest you thought that three versus four storyline is revealing as well. I guess I'll ask, why'd you make a face? Yeah, no, I think Jay's spot on. It's the first year I've looked super really close at you know, in the past we've seen, oh, they made a swap. And after the fact, once they make a swap, we can look at it and go, oh, okay, because this and that, but I don't really go back and look at all the swaps they didn't make because I didn't have them all laid out in front of me because I had never coded it up like we did this year. So now we have those criteria sitting there with potential swaps and I'm really intrigued to see how they go. So much like Jay mentioned with that three, four on the women's side, we have that same sort of thing at play at 14, 15, 16 on the men's side where you have North Carolina, Arizona, Mississippi State. And if you go with that common opponent and uh, and top 50 wins uh, criteria that they could take into account, there are cases where there's no direct head to head, but the team in the rear owns both of them. Do they flip them much like the three, four Georgia, NC State on the women's side. So it'll be interesting to to see how that works. Mm -hmm. And we're about five minutes away from having some answers. Again, as soon as we see brackets, we'll start breaking them down for you. I appreciate all of you who are tuned in to this live show. Yes, it'll be available as a podcast tomorrow. And to those listeners, hello. Um, you missed the excitement, the craziness of this live show. But uh, we got some questions in the chat, and I do want to ask everyone who is watching along live with us, please do feel free to throw those questions in the chat. There are a couple right away uh, I want to address. Let's start because, again, we don't have this for uh, – we won't have answers for four minutes. This is one we got to answer now. What team should hosts be hoping to avoid? Let's start on the women's side, Jay, of the non-top 16 seeds. Who's the one team, if you see in your region – Again, you feel like you woke up with coal in the stocking. I like that analogy. I'm sticking with it, too. 
I think it's the USC women. We just saw them make the Pac-12 final. That was without Aaron Cayetano playing at number three. So if Aaron Cayetano is back in the lineup for USC, it's a very dangerous and talented squad. It is likely that they will end up on the West Coast. They could go to Pepperdine, but if they don't go to Pepperdine, then look out for them in, again, one of those Central or Midwest regions. I think they are probably the top team right now outside of the top 16. And wasn't that match between Pepperdine and USC fascinating early in the season? 4-3 came down to Charney versus Tim Chaiwa. Charney had her chances in that second set breaker. That, uh, that Again, Pepperdine, where they end up seated, nine versus eight, which is looks like it's going to be. That's its own storyline. We'll get into in about four minutes here. But, you know, we've said all season long, the USC women, you look at the talent on paper, they can feel like they walk in maybe with the two best players on the court, Cayetano's track record. And then obviously what we've seen from freshman Maddie Sieg. Uh, it's a very good pick, Jay. I have no qualms with that selection. Uh, Chris, I turn to you. Who's your women's team? Boy, I you know I don't know on the on the women's side. I thought you were going to hit me with the men's side. Um, the one team I, I'm not as I'm not as scared. I think of USC after. I mean, they took a beating in that final. Jay, uh, granted, they're still they're still very dangerous, but I I don't know. I I think I want to say I want to lean at like a UCLA maybe. But yeah, I mean, uh, talk about taking a beating. They got some yeah. down by Washington. I know that's the I mean, it's like every I I'll can give look, you two. I'll give you I two. Look through that list and everyone's got a reason you could say, yeah. I don't know that I'm that scared. <laughs> I'll give you I'll give you two Auburn because Auburn just plays four, three matches and they're going to play a four, three match in the round of 32. And whether they win it or not remains to be seen. But it's going to be 4-3. You can lock that in right now. The other team I turn to is the team right behind them in the rankings, Georgia Tech. Georgia who Tech, yeah. They can also walk in with a Carol Lee, who has a win over Diana Schneider this year, with a Kylie. Right, right she does, Jay. I'm not yeah, blanking. She does, yeah. yeah. With a Kylie Bilchev as well, who's had such a good season. And again, like, Georgia Tech's tournament tough. That, that Georgia Tech always does well. Come NCAAs, they've been calloused up by the ACC season. If I were to power rank, I'd go Georgia Tech 1, USC 2, Auburn 3 as my three most dangerous. Abi Ramaretti, that would be my women's side answer. Now, quickly, before we get to the selection show, let's talk about the men, Chris. I'll start with you. Give me the one non-top 16 team you would not want to face. I think the answer is pretty obvious. Right, it's got to be Utah. Yeah. I mean, come on. I want no part of that Utah team that, you know, was so close. Look, look, they're unlikely to host. And it all came down to the fact, I mean, yes, that USC match was tough. A win and you host. But but even with the loss, it came down to the San Diego Pepperdine match. San Diego wins Utah hosts. Pepperdine wins Mississippi State hosts. Assuming there was no craziness in the room that I don't expect, it's going to come out Mississippi State hosts because of that. And Utah can drive nowhere. So they're a flight. And, you know, I'm thinking Columbia is probably where they get sent. Who knows? But that's, I mean, we've seen enough now that we're long past the, the, oh yeah, they had a good win. They're for real. And I want no part of that team whatsoever. Jay? I'd go Stanford. I thought they played USC a lot closer than Utah did. And they had everyone but uh, boss of ready back in the lineup. So if he's back, I think again, that's a very talented team, very similar to the USC women in that regard. 
It is just going to be so fascinating what happens with the West Coast, Chris. Yeah, if those if, if I mean Jay's right, if Stanford ha- can get everybody, and I Jay, you put out a great tweet. I don't know, it was a couple weeks ago, probably about how how many times Stanford has had the four, the core four, if if you will, yeah. call it that, in the lineup, and how long it's been since that happened. But if those core four are in the lineup and healthy, man, that is that is a dangerous team. We just haven't seen it, so you know I can't go there. No, I remember the Baylor match last year. Like that was one of my favorite round of 16s. And it was a very similar situation where it just felt like Stanford wasn't healthy all season long. Now they fell short in that Baylor match. Let's be clear. But yeah, it's it's a fascinating choice. Uh, it's a fascinating team. Certainly. I do like that. Again, the top three for Utah has just been so good this year. And you feel like they can hang with everyone. They won't care if it's indoors, outdoors. They've had success in all conditions this year. Um, yeah, I, I think they're going to be a fascinating uh, a fascinating team to see where they're placed. And then again, you know, as we continue to prepare for the selection show, and Chris, I heard noise there. So that se- would seem to indicate that the show must have begun. Yeah, well, the video started. I'm trying to figure out how to get it up without the ads. Yeah, there we go. That's yeah, funny. I think no, you have to I, sit through the ads. Yes. Yeah, so, so as soon as those ads are rocking and rolling again, we'll have tournament announcements for you. I guess we can knock through some of the other questions we see thus far. And again, appreciate all of you who are joining us on the live show. Going to try and get to all of them. The next question I see. Yes, I suppose the Avengers are assembled. I appreciate that. Um, where can I watch the NCA selection live? Find the link on the ITA website. That's where I found it. It worked for me. Uh, so you can have that up there. I also just yeah, linked I, it in the chat. The ITA Twitter. Yeah, g- good job, Jay. Yeah, I say the ITA Twitter is probably the quickest place. It's where I grabbed it from. Yes, you were the best. All right, here's a fun one from Alex Levine, a new name uh, who I've welcomed to our chat. He asks, who's potentially the biggest Cinderella team in the men's and women's? I think that's a fun last one for us to answer before we see where everyone's placed. Jay, I turn to you first. The Cinderella of the season. Uh, who is potentially the biggest Cinderella team? I imagine he means in this tournament. Who's going to go on the Cinderella run? I think it's the well, same I, as the Dark Horse. Is it still well, USC? No, I think it's Iowa State, right? They've had the Cinderella season. So, you know, that will continue. But we're I'm getting brackets here. So I don't know if you guys are as well. Oh, yeah. They're, they're, they're coming up now. We're seeing the North Carolina region. Yes, North Carolina region here. Okay, so North Carolina, of course, is your number one overall seed. I don't have brackets yet. I have something playing. I don't know so, what. Uh, but so the thing to the thing to watch for here, and I have I have no reason to think it should be otherwise. But if you look at the projected rankings on my site, right, Arkansas is the last team in. So mm-hmm. uh, finishing LSU, Arkansas, we expect to see those as the last two. So as they unveil brackets here, uh, and I don't have. Uh, uh, volume at all right now, but I'm just watching them as as w- everybody is. I would be looking to see that indeed uh, Arkansas is the last team and then Clemson as the first out that we don't see Clemson. If for some reason we see Clemson in a draw somewhere, something happened. Okay, there we go. Yeah. Again, my stream, I think a little bit behind. Do you have a full North Carolina region for us? We've got four right now. I, I see Carolina versus Charleston Southern, Old Dominion versus South Carolina. That's a spicy little matchup there. The ODU women going 18 and four this year. South Carolina kind of, uh, eh, you know, that's a that's a big eight, nine match. Yeah, but big, big talent at the top of that South Carolina, right? With Ion Ackley, who's had a fantastic season. Sarah Hamner playing two for them. Ooh, there's your Georgia Tech. Gruskin. So let's see. They get UCF. That's actually a tough matchup. 
So this is interesting because last season we talked a lot about how they did not prioritize draw integrity. Georgia Tech here, one of the last teams in, but they will get the 16 seed. Georgia Tech ultimately with the 16 seed? No, I'm saying no, they're, they're, they're unseeded, but they're I in see, the 16 I was going to say, yeah, they're, they're in the Florida region, right? Yeah, they're the, they're the two seed at presumably we're about to find out because it's got Central Florida and North Florida. Clearly, yeah. Florida is the 16. Uh, they're about to unveil it. But yeah, that's a a very regional Georgia Tech, UCF, North Florida, and uh, and the second here. Uh, they'll show it, and it will be Florida. Uh, but yeah, that's a... Okay, I do. I like that, Jake. That's the, a round of integrity. sixteen match from last year too. I believe they played in the round of sixteen. Uh, in there the it is. Super it is Florida. Yeah, and so all right, a little again, two teams that know each other a little bit. That would be an NCAA tournament rematch. Boy, Georgia Tech versus North Carolina to have to see them again. That would be certainly something. I don't think the Tar Heels would be afraid of that matchup, but it's really hard to beat a team multiple times in the same year. Look, UCF is really battle tested as well. And then Old Dominion at 18 and four. I don't know if they have the depth to hang with the big guns uh, of North Carolina. But again, they could beat Ackley at one, which has been a really tough task to do. Jay, give me a final reaction from this first 16th. Well, I think you're right. I think the draw integrity seems to be something that they're prioritizing. We'll continue to watch it. You'll recall last year, the number 17 Arizona State women went to number two Oklahoma. So we'll continue to monitor if that is something that seems to be prioritized. It's a slam dunk for them, though, because Georgia Tech and Florida are not that far. Yeah, and I won't lie. My stream is just behind you guys, so I'm sure you're at the next quarter. Lay it on me. Yeah, we got we're in the we're in now where uh, Jay will uh, Jay was spot on over the weekend in that 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 Loyola Marymount win probably cost Pepperdine any shot of an eight seed. And they are indeed the nine seed. Will you contextualize that, please, Jay, for listeners who may not have followed it closely? Well, basically, Pepperdine has limited top ranked schedules with uh, opponents in their conference, and they were facing uh, you know, potentially San Diego, which would get them a good quality win, which would get them over into the top eight seed. Uh, LMU beat San Diego, LMU outside the top 50. It wasn't a good enough win for Pepperdine. And so now they are faced with USC in the second round in their region, as we talked about earlier, a very dangerous second round match for Pepperdine as the ninth seed. Very dangerous indeed, and it'll be fascinating to see who jumps up to that eight seed. I know, again, in Chris's projected rankings, it would be Texas, and mm-hmm. we can just say it, the history between those three teams, wow. Texas, UNC, and Pepperdine. Why'd you wow me? Well, we're in the number eight seed region. We've got California versus San Diego. We're that about is- to see what, that, that tells me it's Stanford, Jay. Oh, it can't be Stanford. No, Stanford. it's Cal, te- it I think Texas. it's Texas. Yeah, it has and that to be Cal Texas. San Diego is a rematch from earlier this year. It is, which is Texas. kind of what began San Diego's uh, solid season. So that top quarter is just spicy. And again, go back to 2021 NCAA's. Pepperdine beats UNC four three. Texas beats Pepperdine four three in the NCAA final last year. UNC a dramatic victory over Pepperdine in the NCAA quarterfinals. Now that would be a projected quarterfinal, but Pepperdine would have to get through Texas first. They'll have to go to Austin to do it. And Jay, one of our biggest storylines of the season, Texas ensuring the big 12 does get a top eight seed. That is not something we were anticipating as recently as two weeks ago. I'll ask the question to you. Maybe Chris, the mathematics expert will have a better reasoning, but 
Wow, Texas, eighth seed. Yeah, I mean, Coach Joffe has to send the LMU team a nice fruit basket there to secure <laughs> that eight seed. But look, that's a rematch of, you know, could potentially be a rematch of, you know, teams that we've seen play a few times in 2021 and 2022, where you had, you know, Texas versus Pepperdine, and then you had Pepperdine beating North Carolina in 2021. You had them in the quarterfinals. So uh, three very, you know, storied programs here over the last few years. We've now moved on to Ruskin's the, Michigan Wolverines. Ruskin's, in the exactly. Okay. First of all, I don't have dominion over anyone. I've removed biases from my life. Uh, yeah, my only yeah, bias is- You can is sell out all you want. You're Michigan blue forever. Yeah, look, I'm very proud of the school I attended. Um, I, I think that top quarter is really exciting. Again, you talk about blue chip programs. You have two-time defending NCAA champions, Texas. You have Pepperdine, who has been a, just in the mix throughout this three-year run. UNC there uh, as well. And then look, Florida's a blue chip program as well. And they're just thrown into the mix as the 16 seed. It's a very fun top quarter. Yes. Now we move on to the bottom half of this left side of the draw. Number five seeded Michigan. Give it to me, Jay, who they face him. Well, they face Young- Youngstown State in the first round and then uh, Ball State and Notre Dame round out that region. The big question I'm waiting here for is who is the 12 seed? Uh, one of the things you know Chris's site was showing was that Iowa State could jump Virginia, but we'll have to see if they prioritize those non you know uh, head-to-head criteria here to find Chris, out who what, plays Michigan. What would be the case there, Chris? Yeah, the the Iowa State Virginia right. There's there's no head to head between them, but but Iowa State owns the common opponent wins. They were they were on they beat Miami and Virginia went one and one with Miami, so they win that. And then Iowa State had twelve top fifty wins. Virginia eleven top oh, fifty no. wins. So really tight. I honestly don't think they will make the swap here. But if you went straight okay. by, hey, they won two categories, they would. I apologize. I love the ITA so much. They just released the bra- the the uh, gr- the bracket, the full bracket, and we can have it for everyone without copyright issues because it's just a graphic out there. Uh, oh wow! I think we're gonna do it here. I think that's what we have to do. Obviously, again, NCA selection show gonna continue. Jay, is that okay with you? Later, sure. Yeah. Ruskin. Well, okay. while you bring that up. I do want to address. They did make the flip. Uh for Iowa State over Virginia, which I think is shocking because the only real difference between those two teams was Miami. And Iowa State had the one win over Miami. Virginia was one and one. I really don't understand that decision. So what you're saying is my site was right, Jay. Yeah, no, your site was right, but like- (laughs) Yeah, I'm just giving you our time. No, I'm with you. I honestly, even even though, I mean- that was straight code, it's just straight programming, right? If I just took the criteria and said, sure, I'm going to assign a point each, but I'm with you. If you had asked me to bet, I would have bet that no, they don't make that flip and they yeah. leave it as Virginia as Virginia head of Iowa State. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, Arkansas is in. Uh, so we do see Arkansas uh, in here. They are in Oklahoma's region. Uh, Oklahoma's the 13th seed. Well, so let's let's stay in order. Here's what we're going to do. Again, you see that top left side of the draw. We've talked about it. Let's now talk about what's happening elsewhere. So you see Michigan again, bottom left. We'll try to inject some order here. I promise we're going to clean everything up over the next two days on the deciding point. But let's try to, again, we'll stick with that bottom left first. Michigan going to face Youngstown State. Then, again, the winner of that match will face Ball State and Notre Dame. 
Jay, where are you with that Notre Dame team? Obviously, it came out of the gates hot ITA kickoff weekend, the big win over USC. They had a solid ACC year, certainly. Any danger for Michigan there? I think they should be able to get through it. I think that's a favorable region for them. I think the Notre Dame team has certainly cooled off over the last few weeks down the home stretch. Yes, and then as you and Chris were just referring to, Virginia, Iowa State flopped Virginia number 12 now in terms of seeding. Long, they're going to face Long Island first. Again, they will face the winner of Ivy League champions, Princeton, and an always tricky school in Fordham. Chris, I turn to you there. Any surprise? No, I don't. I I don't think there's any surprise there. I'm uh, I'm taking a quick glance at Jay's. Uh, I'm trying to quickly, and Jay's already done it. I'm sure, so he could tell. Oh, yep. I that the, they're sticking with. It does appear, Jay, that it's yeah. just straight the same kind of thing I had coded up. They made the flip. NC State three, Georgia four. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no so no surprises there, Gruskin. So there's your big storyline. You see it there. Bottom left, Oklahoma going to be your 13 seed. They're going to take on Hawaii. And then, yeah, Arkansas, last team in. Uh, obviously, they recently announced their new head coach, Tucker Clary, was an assistant on the team. He'll take over now the full-time head coaching position. And guess what his first job, uh, first time as the full-time head coach is going to be? It's an NCAA tournament match. They'll take on a Washington team that certainly did not end the season the way they started, but Look, there's a lot of depth on that team. And I'll tell you what, Washington versus Oklahoma would be fascinating, Jay. Uh, it depends on what Washington we get. Sure. Uh, you know, I think that they, you know, had some str- tr- trouble down the home stretch of Pac-12s. They looked good in their win over UCLA. It also depends on what Oklahoma we get, right? We've seen some glimpses of the Oklahoma of 2022. And then we've also seen some, you know, Oklahoma that, didn't look like that team. So that will be very interesting. Yeah. I mean, again, and then of course you look right beneath that Florida state ending the season as well as just about any team out there. They get a healthy Vic Allen back They make a big push down the home stretch of the ACC season. They get a win on the road at Georgia tech, a team we raved about earlier, a couple of weeks ago, they're going to take on Illinois again, that Illinois team didn't finish perhaps the big 10 season the way they were hoping to, but Talking to a lot of coaches at the Big Ten tournament, they were talking about how you don't want to face this Illinois team outdoors. A lot of grinders on that Illinois team. I think that's a fascinating first-round matchup. But, of course, as Chris alluded to, you see the swap. NC State 3, Georgia 4. Jay, I mean, the implications of that are massive, Jay. Your reaction. Yeah, uh, they are very big. Uh, I don't know. We'll have to see where everyone else falls out. But what this means is that NC State's on the opposite side of the draw as North Carolina, which North Carolina will be very happy about. This is a huge win if you're North Carolina, a massive, massive win if you're the number one seed. And there's another one in there, Jay, too, that the, for the same reasons that Miami-Tennessee uh, swap, Miami owned the common opponents and the top 50 wins, even though Tennessee was ranked higher and they made the swap there as well. So it looks to be very consistent. Uh, just as we laid it out, they did give the, if you won those two categories with no head to head, they made the swap. Yeah. And it's interesting because there's so much nuance in that, right? You look at the Miami, the Virginia, Iowa state. So Virginia plays Miami twice. They go one and one they're penalized, right? For that versus Iowa state beating Miami in January you know, can question whether or not that's the right thing to do here, but that is uh, seemingly how they're making these calls. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't want to mention coaches' names, but I did have have someone reach out to me that said, hey, that criteria just doesn't seem right if you beat a team twice 
and we only beat them once just because we only played them once. Exactly. We actually lose out there. And yeah, the answer is yes. <laughs> well, again, as we look at that, did Georgia play Oklahoma in the quarterfinals of the indoors, Jay, right? Am I crazy for thinking that? Uh, it was first round. First no, round. it was Oklahoma Duke first round and then Oklahoma yeah. Georgia. Yes. Yeah, that's uh, that's exactly. Um, and Georgia beat them. So that's an interesting rematch there. Again, it's always interesting. Two teams that know each other, how they'll face off. Should they get there again? That's if the seeds hold a lot of work has to go in between now and then. Yeah, that's that's that left side of the draw. And we're going to get to the right side in a second. But Jay, as you look at the left side, you kind of alluded to it. I know they've got Texas Pepperdine teams they have history with in their immediate quarter. Is UNC the biggest winner of the left side of the draw simply by virtue of NC State being elevated to three? No, it's definitely Michigan and Georgia, right? This is the weakest quarter right now. I mean, North Carolina will still have to contend with a either Texas or Pepperdine, both teams that have beaten them in the last two NCAAs. Yeah. Let's be clear also, though, Michigan beat Virginia earlier at the national indoors this season. So that's a rematch as well. A lot of rematches Mm -hmm. across the board uh, in this draw. Chris, your final reaction to that left side? Yeah, as I said on the left side, that that I I say the same thing. I think that's it's definitely obviously the you know anytime you got North Carolina there, the the other region's the weaker region. But but uh, but yeah, it's uh it, it that is very good news for North Carolina, I think, uh, as well as Michigan, and not having to face NC State there. Yeah. uh, All right. There it is. So that's that left side of the draw. Again, we'll bring it back on your screen now. Let's go over to that top right corner. NC State, your third seed. Obviously, they come in with more momentum than any team in the tournament. They did what no other team could do this season. They beat UNC in that ACC tournament final. They win doubles in five first sets in that match. Obviously, was fortunate enough to get the chance to speak with Simon Earnshaw on the Cracked Interviews podcast about that match. You know, look, this team's firing on all cylinders. They're the three seed. They host South Carolina State round one. Then they'll face the winner of Charlotte and Kansas, potentially, in round two. Jay, it's pretty standard quarter. You expect NC State over under three and a half total hours on the court. Uh, over. Uh, I think yeah, yeah, I think that second round match is, is no gimme. I'm surprised to see Kansas going that way. Normally, we see Kansas head out west uh, for a lot of these matches, given that they're more in the middle of the country. Uh, but a lot, a lot of West Coast places to go. Ball Pepperdine and Stanford. Yeah, yeah, yeah but I guess there are other. I just think there are other West Coast like like schools that you know, you know USC had to go to Pepperdine. That was that was a guaranteed to happen. Um, I mean, I mean, yeah, you're right. It is no, but I, 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 I guess I guess you can sense in the stand that without any other alternative. alternative. Yeah, yeah, I think maybe maybe I'm biased. I've gone there a few times. Uh, and off the weekends, like that, that's to go out west. west. Uh, but yeah, I think it's fairly fairly straightforward. Uh, region, regional, state, state. Chris, you look at that. Auburn going to take on that. Round number one, they're headed headed towards Miami at the 14th seed. It's Hurricane going to host Boston. God, Miami versus Auburn. Miami, yeah, you brought it up in the, it, you know, you know pre-brackets being announced. That, that, that's a really, that, that, that'll be a fun match. Like you said, Auburn loves to play four threes. Uh, that's, I mean, Auburn, if, if, if the draw integrity was held and they drew one of the lower end top 16, it was going to be a tough, you know, a great match. 
this is going to be a great match. Yeah, I do think it's going to be interesting. And, of course, again, what did Miami do earlier this season? They beat this NC State team in Miami. Now, of course, this rematch would be held in Raleigh, but that's interesting, Jay. A little 3 versus 14 action. It sounds like these teams haven't seen each other once before. And, you know, again, Miami has done with what only two teams were able to do, beat NC State on a day where Diana Schneider was in the lineup. Yeah, I, it's not a gimme Auburn gets out of that first-round match. FIU has had a really strong season. Uh, we're also getting some feedback in the chat, Ruskin, that our audio is cutting in and out. Um, so I don't know if there's okay, anything I will on look our end. On that. Yeah, I don't know what I... I will try my best. I apologize. But continue. You, you sound good to me, as always, my friend. Yeah, I, I mean, everyone sounds good to me. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's good. That is a, that's a tough, you know, uh, tough little region for Miami. I think... You, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to move us on to yeah. The other look, side. let's move beneath it. You see again, Iowa State, Duke. Your next two seeds, Duke. Your sixth seed, the host William and Mary, round number one. Interesting. UCLA going to make the cross country trip. Uh, they're going to take on Texas Tech in round one. Obviously, winners will face off. That is uh, what? What is it? The uh, the distance matrix, Jay, or, or uh, Chris, whatever it's called. That, yeah, that, that, that's, that's a red. That's a red. The travel matrix. matrix. Yeah. Well, yeah, travel matrix. I mean, honestly, and that's the way they go. Once you're beyond 400, it's irrelevant. It's a, it's a flight. They don't prioritize shorter flights over longer flights. A flight's a flight. Because then you're getting into, well, who's got the best connection into, you know, into somewhere and whatever. But yeah. That's very interesting that we get UCLA and let's be honest, Texas Tech. That's not a short trip from Lubbock to Raleigh either. So, yeah, no, absolutely. As again, we'll go back to us here on the full screen. See if that helps with the audio at all. Um, yeah, uh, again, I apologize if our audio is off. We might have to go to a wait screen there. Jay, above them, number 11, Iowa State. They're going to host Drake, LSU, and Wisconsin. LSU obviously playing a dramatic match. Ooh, okay, I think our audio is still messed up, so what we'll do, go to a wait screen for the moment. We will be back, though, with more analysis right after this. And welcome back in, everyone, to our Crack Rackets live coverage of the 2023 NCAA Tennis Bracket. Unveiling Alex Gruskin here with John J. Parsons, Chris Halioris. We ended our coverage there. Number six, Duke. Again, hosting William & Mary, Texas Tech, and UCLA. Number 11, Iowa State, hosting Drake, LSU, Wisconsin. Jay, your thoughts on that little quarter? Or, excuse me, 16th. Oh, well, I got to pull it up back on my phone. Uh, it's back on I'm, your screen. Okay, good. Yeah, I mean, I'm still surprised at the flip. I I did just confirm, Chris, they did go straight formula uh, for the top 16 seeds. They did not make any uh, manual adjustments. I think it's overall, it's a good draw for Duke. Uh, I think they'll feel fairly confident. I think UCLA, yes, getting sent out east. They've struggled outside of L.A., um, so by and large, I think that Duke team has a pretty straightforward path to very familiar territory in the quarterfinals. Chris, your reaction? Yeah, I think it's very favorable for Duke. I like that section for them and, and the path to going uh, on a very short trip to Raleigh to, uh, you know, to play NC State. Yeah. And again, a rematch between those two teams. Obviously, Duke faced NC State in the regular season. We're able to get the win in that match at home. Uh, obviously, I'm sure NC State chomping at the bit for a rematch there uh, to play them full tilt. There's obviously no Chloe Beck for Duke in the ACC tournament. 
All right, let's move on to our final quarter of the draw. Again, men's bracket starting at the top of the half hour here. So starting up at 630, you look at the top right of that bottom right section, number seven, Stanford. They aren't sent Kansas, Jay. They're sent Oklahoma State. That's fascinating. Stanford going to face Weber State in round number one. Oklahoma State going to face Denver in round number one. What do you make of the Stanford section? Well, I think I had Kansas uh, keyed in here because Oklahoma State, right? They're you know right outside the top sixteen. So if you think about draw parity and you know maybe they should face a team that's more in the twenty range, that would be Kansas. But yeah, it's a tricky second round match with Oklahoma State. That is not one to uh, to take lightly at all. That's a tough regional for Stanford uh, and you know very game Denver team as well. Chris, beneath that, Ohio State, your 10 seeds, they're going to host Xavier. They are sent Vanderbilt, who's going to face ETSU. Now, many will remember Vanderbilt went to Columbus last year, knocked off the Buckeyes on their way to the NCAA Sweet 16. Uh, Chris, your reaction to that quarter? Yeah, I mean, I think Vanderbilt could pose another interesting test for Ohio State. Uh, it's a that's an interesting match. I think uh, all in all, I think it's a great bracket for Stanford. I mean, yeah, that Oklahoma State coach Young and, and company could could be uh, a little interesting, but I think Stanford ought to make it out of there and and get into whoever comes out of the bottom of that section. Yeah, and then you see again, bottom right of your screen, Tennessee, the 15 seeds, big year for Coach Allison Ojeda and the Volunteers. They do sneak into the top 16. They are going to host that first weekend of play. Look who they're sent. Wake Forest, Arizona State. That's a really fun round one battle, assuming Wake Forest can get healthy, which unfortunately they just haven't been much this season. Tennessee going to face Southern Missouri State. Jay, thoughts? Yeah, I think that Arizona State Wake Forest match is maybe one of the better it, first round I think matches. It's the best. I'll yeah, say. it could be the best uh, in this draw right now. Uh, look, that's what you get is the 15 seed, but Tennessee will be very glad to host. Yeah, and then beneath that, Texas A&M, your number two overall seeds. Now, obviously, they just suffered their second loss of the season in the SEC Conference Tournament, but a great year for Coach Weaver and the Aggies. They're going to host Quinnipiac in round one. SMU Baylor's a fun battle in round one there at that host site as well. Chris, your thoughts on this section? Uh, Jay, my first thought is we need the highlights of the Gruskin announcements. We got Weber State, Quinnipiac, or however he said it, and Southern Missouri State. Come on. What did I say? Quinnipiac is right. Quinnipiac? Oh, my God. All right. Southeast Missouri State, Weber State? All right. Now, enough picking on Gruskin. I mean, he's just in anticipation of seeing that his Wolverine. Sorry, I speak the Queen's English, Chris. Carry yeah. on. <laughs> no, yeah, I think honestly, I, I mean, look, tech this. Oh, this is it Mississippi and not Missouri? This whole. It, no, no. Southeast Missouri State, not Southern Missouri. It is Missouri. It says on the draw Southern. Yeah. Okay. So they're yeah. Southeast Missouri. Yeah, State. Get, wow. Okay. Get out of, I give you no, credit. No, no, I'll, we'll dig the ITA, Gruskin. We'll no, dig. I know. I'm, look, I'm just defensive. Carry on. Justin, come on. Uh, yeah. yeah. So no, but I think to me, as much as any, this bracket just screams those top two Stanford A&M have to come through and play each other here. Oh, and that is a dangerous matchup indeed. Well then with that in mind, as we prepare for the men's show to start up here in a moment, Jay, let's put the bracket full screen for you all. Jay, your reaction, your takeaway to, again, our NCAA Division I Women's College Tennis Tournament draw? Well, it was exactly as Chris predicted. So now moving forward, we know how that can play out. Overall, I think it's fairly balanced. I don't think there are any glaring 
uh, mismatches or soft spots. So I think generally it's uh, it's a good draw. Chris, same question to you. Yeah, I mean, I think that it, it was learning uh, about these swaps. I, I think it's kind of what we expect. The, the The biggest surprise to me, honestly, was the one Jay was looking at. I really didn't think they'd make that Virginia-Iowa State flip. Given that they did, I think that probably tells us a lot about what we're going to see in the men's draw. But yeah, it's, uh, I, I think, you know, they went straight by the, the formulas. Yeah, well, then my last question to you both before we move over to the men's side of things, I will clean this up tomorrow. John J. Parsons will be joining me as he always does, 9 p.m. Eastern time for our full opening NCAA tournament weekend breakdown of the 16 seeds. Jay, how many get through to the to the Super Regional? Mm, uh, 14. Chris? Mm, wow, you're going to make me count. I- yeah, I just... Just guess and move on to the men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say I'm in the 13, 14 range. But just since Jay said 14, I'll go 13. I mean, did any region jump out to you as an upset right away? I don't know that any did. Yeah, this I, I don't feel really great about ticking, picking too many upsets here. I do think that that Miami Auburn's ripe for uh, for an upset. But uh yeah, I don't know. Tennessee, maybe. It's it's tough to pick too many. I think I, that's my biggest reaction here is I think we might go 16 for 16. And I know it never happens. And I'm not going to be making predictions because we're going to be fortunate enough to be calling some of this action here at Cracked Rackets over the course of the next couple of weeks. But I like nothing screams upset to me, Jay. Final word goes to you and then we'll move on. Well, we'll break it all down tomorrow night. Okay. Uh, yeah, but nothing screams upset. Yeah, and nothing screams soft spot. Yeah, all right, fair enough. Well, then that's where we're going to leave things for now here in our women's draw. I apologize. As you can see, men's draw show about to get underway. A little commercial action first for me before I get started, but then we're we will have well into the draw, Gruskin. Yeah, exactly. And so, again, I'm a little bit behind. We have our first quarter, so I'll go back to us on Zoom again. As soon as we get a full graphic out, we'll have that for all of you. But, Chris, what have we seen first? Number one overall seed, Texas? Uh, Jay, Jay's definitely ahead of me. I was I was too busy talking to you to pull it up, so I'll, I'll let Jay give us what we've got so far. What do we have so far, my friend? Uh, well, Texas was the one seed, and North Carolina was the 16 seed. Uh, Pepperdine is oh, the... North Carolina six. So they wow. So they did make the double swap. Yep, and so Pepperdine to Texas, and then Utah to North Carolina. Really. So that's the double jump. I refer, I mean, North Carolina was 14 in the rankings, Arizona 15, Mississippi State 16. Evidently, Arizona jumped them and Mississippi State jumped them, neither off a head-to-head advantage, but both owning common opponents and top 50 win advantages. No, it's, I mean, yeah, again, it is absolutely fascinating as we get the division one, as we get the brackets underway. I got nothing for you. I think mine was streaming the division three men's tennis show. So my broadcast is all over the place, Jay. Look, credit to this North Carolina team. I mean, again, they were on the bubble all season long. They really haven't been healthy at any point this season. And yet they still work their way into a top 16. Yes, Utah is tough, but it's a lot harder to win that match at Carolina. And so there, again, that's your first 16th. Yeah, I'd expect Texas to get through, probably. that They're probably feeling pretty good about their chances there. Although, 
man, Utah, Texas could also be entertaining hypothetically. I mean, so again, right away, Utah going to UNC, that could scream potential upset to me in a way. Nothing in the women's draw initially did. Am I crazy there, Jay? Uh, Probably. Uh, I mean, that was a very straightforward match against USC in the final um, outside of a very close doubles point. But yeah, North Carolina hasn't been healthy. They've been struggling all season. Uh, if we see a healthy North Carolina team, I still expect them to get through. Chris, we got a question in the chat. Why Texas ahead of TCU? I mean, that's just the that's the way the the rankings formula played out. I mean, they, obviously they split the season two and two, but the formula has Texas one, TCU two, and there's there's no reason to to flip those given what they did during the season. Uh, so it it stays. It, Basically, because they end up tied and there's no head-to-head advantage, uh, it, it stays the way it is. Yeah. Yep. And way, Texas cre- has more top 50 wins. Mm-hmm. And by the way, credit to UTSA, who's been a really fun story uh, all season long. That's going to be a fun matchup against Pepperdine in round number one. I'm excited for that one. I'll keep my eye on that, of course. But yeah, that's your top, or that's your first, I should say, 16th of the draw. Jay, what else do we have now? I think I'm, I'm at eight and nine. I'm assuming you can already see it. Well, we're, yeah, we're a lot farther than that in. So my eight, nine, actually, I'm now on to the 13, four, but eight, nine, they did make, they did make the flip with South Carolina and Tennessee. So Tennessee is your eight seed. Uh, South Carolina is your nine seed. All right. Well, we have it now. officially, So I can throw it up on our screen. Here we go, folks. We have the men's draw. We'll start on that left side. Yes. Uh, South Carolina swapped with Tennessee. Chris, explain that to our listeners at home. Yeah, I mean that that one's pretty pretty straightforward. So, you know, Tennessee Tennessee owned the head to head advantage. South Carolina would have then had to basically get back both the common opponents and the top fifty wins, which they didn't. Uh, and in the in the case where of those four categories, even if you end up tied at two all. The the tiebreaker is head to head. Tennessee owning head to head was going to get them that that advantage. So Tennessee will be the eight and they'll host. Yeah, no. And again, Tennessee, really strong ending to their SEC season. Obviously lose a heartbreaker 4-3 in the conference tournament to Kentucky. But that is a battle-tested team that has made the semifinals and back-to-back seasons. Uh, look, they'll, they're going to face in their opening match, uh, in the, potentially in their, excuse me, second round match, a team that beat them earlier this year in Wake Forest. Wake Forest being sent to Tennessee. Uh, they'll take on Memphis in match number one. You also see South Carolina limp through the finish line a little bit, but certainly this team with Toby Samuel, Connor Thompson up top, the veterans they have everywhere. We know what they're capable of when they're playing their best tennis. South Carolina, the nine seed. I think the committee just likes a little joke and they're like, let's have Baylor and Florida state play again. Cause why not? We haven't seen that matchup enough this season. Um, yeah. I, I, it's an interesting top left side, Jay. I go to you first, your reaction to that for, to that Texas quarter of the draw. Well, I think both Tennessee and South Carolina have tricky regions, right? I think that Baylor Florida state matches in the running for maybe one of the better first round matches. We'll see once we go through this entire draw. Um, so yeah, yeah, they're looking forward to getting a rematch of the SEC regular season, but they both have to get there first. Absolutely. Chris, your reaction to the top left quarter. Yeah. I mean, I, I love that. Uh, I love that Florida state Baylor 
sort of rematched the, a match that I think by the end of the season, we thought, wow, Florida State probably should have been able to get out, out of Waco and go to indoors. Uh, my biggest reaction was I was wondering, where does Florida State go to South Carolina? Do they go to Georgia? Or do they go to Mississippi State? In a tweet I had put out where the NCAA mileage calculator said it was 403 miles from Tallahassee to Flo- to to Starkville, but it was only 398 going the other direction. Uh, so, so I was really interested to see where, where, where that was going to fall, but, uh, but yeah, Florida state at South Carolina is kind of, it's kind of what I thought would happen. They sent them to Georgia last year. I don't know how much talk there is in let's not do the same thing year to year, but this year they get the other way. Yeah, sure. All right. Well, with that said, let's move to our bottom left quarter of the draw, the Kentucky quarter. I mean, you see the big name. We were all wondering where Stanford's going to fall. Again, Stanford headed to an Ivy League school. I think last year, what, it was Harvard, who they faced in that NCAA round of 32. This year, they're headed to Columbia. Uh, Stanford going to take on St. John's in their first match. Columbia going to take on St. Francis. Brooklyn, did I pronounce that correct, Chris? Uh, Chris, is that Brookline? Uh, Hard to mess that one up. Yeah, St. Francis, Brooklyn. That's a fascinating quarter right away. Of course, you see number four, Kentucky, going to take on Presbyterian Northwestern UCLA. I think was an NCAA first-round match two years ago in Texas. I don't think. These are the sort of stupid things I remember. Um, So that's a fun little rematch between those two teams. And then again, Northwestern played Kentucky really tight in the kickoff weekend, Chris. I mean, you were there for that. Um, let's just start with that section. Jay, you're our Stanford whisperer. I go to you. Well, can a healthy uh, yeah. Stanford get to the quarters? Can a healthy Stanford get to the quarters? Uh, with this section of the draw. Mm. They can, uh, you know, it'll be tricky against Kentucky. I think they don't match up extremely well with that Kentucky team. They both have similar strengths. But yeah, if Stanford is playing well, they can beat Kentucky. But look, it's going to be very tough for them. We saw them try to do this last year with Baylor, where you go on the road, East Coast, you beat Harvard, and then you got to travel again the following weekend to Baylor. That was, you know, tough duty. All the while, Stanford is still in school for that. So, you know, odds are in the Kentucky, you know, favor to, to get out of this uh get out of the section to the quarterfinals. Yeah, well said. All right, well then, again, you look right above that. You have Virginia as your number five seed, the defending NCAA champions, undefeated for the third consecutive season in ACC play. Uh, they're going to host Navy round number one. Then they'll face the winner of VCU and Illinois, uh, and Ole Miss. Excuse me. Of course, what would potentially wait them in the round of 16? If everything holds serve, they'd face Duke for a third time. Duke its best season in about eight years, top uh, 12 seed. Obviously they're going to get to host those first two rounds of tournament play. They're going to face UNCW, uh, meaning UNC Wilmington. I just want to flick you off, Chris, every time I look at one of these schools now. Um, Of course, also in that region, Cornell and Auburn. Now Auburn face Duke, I believe, in the ITA kickoff weekend. Did not fare particularly well. So at least those are two teams that know each other a little bit, although Auburn's going to have to get through a tricky Cornell team first. I'll start with you here, Chris, your reaction to this quarter. I mean, look, my biggest reaction is just pencil Virginia to Orlando. I mean, look, they, I mean, obviously they've seen, uh, you know, they've seen Duke uh, this year. I don't see anything stop. I don't see anything stopping that. To your point, Kentucky and Stanford make a run. I don't see Columbia 
doing it. So could it be Stanford? Could it be Kentucky? I don't know. But yeah, I think Virginia, it's going to be more another ho-hum. Virginia's ready to play. We'll see them in Orlando. Uh, I, I am looking forward to seeing what Stanford can do. That Stanford-Columbia match should be really interesting if Stanford's healthy and they have their top four. I expect to see that match with Kentucky. As Jay said, very similar. If the, if the tennis gods are with us, Neither one overly impressive in doubles. They both have good top fours. That match should come down to three all, and it's on number six, and that's that's what decides it. Well, let's be clear. If everything holds serve, UVA versus Kentucky would be an NCAA, singles, uh, NCAA tournament final rematch in the quarterfinals, and obviously Kentucky got the who's earlier this season. Now, there were a bunch of absences in the lineups for each team, so you can definitely throw that match out, but it is a nice draw for Virginia. I won't lie. Like, again... You look up right above them, that top left, and this is how we'll finish our conversation here on the left side of the draw. Looking back at it, like you're right. South Carolina to have Baylor and Florida State be sent to you for Tennessee to face a Wake Forest team that has seen everything and maybe has the most experienced guy in the tournament in Melios Estafiu, the ACC player of the year. You know, Utah being sent to UNC. That Texas quarter is no joke. And not to be disrespectful to any of the teams in the Kentucky UVA quarters, because I think there are a lot of good teams in that mix. They definitely like they definitely won the draw thus far. Did they not, Jay? Yeah, I think they did. I mean, I wouldn't sleep on another Virginia Duke rematch. But again, those two teams know each other very well. But yeah, I think in terms of like dangerous floaters, there's a lot more you circle on the top quarter of this draw than in that second quarter. Chris, final uh, final thoughts on this left side go to you. Yeah, I'm not. I, I mean, I, Virginia, Stanford, Kentucky in the bottom. I, I think there are some interesting. To, you've pointed it out. The wherever Utah went, and we said it before the show, that was going to be a dangerous. And the fact that they've kind of held up integrity. The only thing I thought would have been interesting, with, but it would have totally violated the 400 mile rule, is because we had the final weekend. To, uh, you know, I, I guess speculation and wait to see whether it was Utah or Mississippi State. They should have just played them against each other. What the heck? Utah goes to Mississippi State. Mississippi State goes to Utah. Either way, they should play each other. But yeah, they held the integrity. Utah going to the 16 seed at North Carolina. That's a great match. Yeah, it's going to be a fun one for us to follow. With that said, again, I'll put the uh, draw back on our screen here. Let's go to the top right quarter the Ohio State quarter of the draw the Buckeyes winning the Big Ten tournament title for I believe the first time since 2018 maybe 2019 and I'm screwing that up it might be 19 actually um look they haven't lost a match since losing to Texas uh, excuse me since losing to South Carolina right at the start of March they run through an undefeated Big Ten season they've beaten seventh seeded Michigan now three different times they have a win over Texas from early in the season this Buckeye team is definitely clicking on all cylinders and look, they'll host ETSU in round number one, a tricky Louisville team. That's interesting. Taking on Texas tech in round one there, of course, also in this section, number 14, Arizona, they do ultimately take a top 16 seed. They will host Boise state in round number one battle of the shields. Who doesn't yeah. love brother versus brotherhood coaching. That feels like, that's rigged. Like, come on. Like, come on. This is where, Jay, you sent out a, another brilliant tweet. We're just complimenting Jay's Twitter here, Chris. That's all we've turned into. He does the real work now. See, we used to have to work when Stokowiak would just ride our backs, but Jay actually does the work, so now it's way easier for us. Um, just kidding, Maddie. We love you. Um, 
Battle of the Shields is great. Florida going to take on Oklahoma State. So Dustin Taylor's Cowboys sneak in to the NCAA tournament. Thank you, Jerry. I knew it was 2019 Gary Young who tells me in the comments for the Big Ten tournament. I knew that. And we were going to get there eventually. I promise. Um, yeah, you're, I'll tell you what. Again, I don't know for sure that Arizona is going to get to the round of 16. But you know what team would be fine going to Columbus and saying, you know what? Like, God, would that match be fast? I would love to. It's not that I think Arizona would beat Ohio State, but I would love to see that Arizona team just compete in Columbus. Like, I just think that's a fun atmosphere for that Arizona team to get to play in because the more the energy, the more they thrive. Chris, I'm yeah, the, first. That, the, that, the swagger that team would bring into Columbus and acting as if they own the place versus the crowd in Columbus that says, uh, I'm sorry, nobody wins here. Yeah, uh, it's, <laughs> it's, it's literally it, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I don't think Arizona would win there, but man, like they would embrace the moment. Yeah, that's your kind of match. Yeah, it's exactly. chippy right from the first serve and doubles. Mm-hmm. No, it, it's a fun section. And I mean, again, though, Florida's really good. Uh, you know, again, like that would be a really tricky second round match for Arizona to have to get through anyways. Jay, your reaction to this Ohio State 16th? Yeah, that was my takeaway around Arizona is like, I'm not sure they get there, right? This yeah. Florida team, you know, I think will challenge them. You know, this is an Arizona team that has struggled in the postseason a little bit over the years. So that's interesting. I think Ohio State should get through their region fairly unscathed, although I think we're all waiting for Louisville to have a big match moment, uh, given some of the strength that they have at the top of the lineup. We just haven't seen that yet. But I mean, it's in Columbus, so uh, I expect Ohio State gets through. Well said. You see, the Ivy League does sneak out two top 16 seeds. That's massive progress for the conference. Harvard, your 11 seed. They're going to take on Siena in round one. They're sent Arizona State in Illinois. That's a very fun matchup in the first round. And again, I think this Illinois team quietly has gotten a lot better throughout the course of the season. Don't forget their win over Georgia earlier in the year. And speaking of Georgia, sixth seed for the SEC tournament finalists, SEC regular season champions. I'll tell you what, right now, the most interesting first round matchup is NC State versus Oklahoma at Georgia. Pencil me in. We'll be watching that one closely. Chris, your reaction to this section of the draw? Well, first is the, you know, the cruelty of the NCA criteria and the swaps here. Washington finishes the season ranked a spot in front of Arizona State. They lost the head to head. Arizona State ends up jumping them for the last spot in just as we predicted would happen. Doesn't make it any less cruel. So Arizona State does get that final spot. But yeah, um, that... NC State, it's just been a battle all year for them trying to stay healthy. Oklahoma hasn't had it, had it exactly easy. They've played their share of, of lineup variations. That's a fascinating match. And, uh, and yeah, that could get, uh, you know, I remember watching uh, the Georgia match at NC State last year indoors. That There's some history there between those two teams. That could get really interesting if it ends up being those two against each other. Jay, your reaction to this Ohio State quarter more broadly? Well, my first reaction here was that Harvard got a little bit of a gift uh, compared to last year when they got Stanford sent to them. I think this is a regional that they will feel very comfortable in. And I think you nailed it with the NC State Oklahoma. That is one of the matches to watch in the first round here. Overall, pretty balanced. 
No, but we get a reminder in the chat from Brian Rosenthal, who I appreciate saying, don't forget Rafa Izquierdo Luque, former Oklahoma Sooner on the NC State roster. So history between those two teams, a lot of talent on those two rosters. And I think both could give Georgia a test in the second round as well. So it's a fascinating section. Chris, final thoughts on the Ohio State quarter? I mean, I, I don't see anybody knocking Ohio State having to go to Columbus out of that region. I that just that just especially as strong as they've they finished here, that screams that that they're coming out of that. Yeah, no, it'll be something to watch, no doubt about that. Jay, final thoughts, Ohio State quarter. Yeah, I agree with Chris. Yeah, if you're a power rank the three quarters we'd saw thus far by toughness. Texas one, Ohio State two, Kentucky three. Uh well, it depends on how you're defining it, right? You're defining it by the two top seeds, you define it by floaters. More fun one is floaters. So for, in terms of floaters, I think it's the Texas quarter, then the Ohio State quarter, and then the Virginia Duke quarter. I agree. That I was judging it by you, see, you know my criteria. I was judging by floaters. Chris, you agree? Yeah, I think so. All right. Well, then with that said, let's go to our final quarter of the draw here. And again, I'll put us back on the screen as it won't in, intrude and interfere with your uh, view. Number two seed, TCU, your national indoor champions, your Big 12 tournament champions. Uh, they are going to host UT Arlington in round number one. Obviously, again, regional-wise, they're sent Texas A&M. And then one of the best stories of the conference tournament weekend, they're sent SMU as well. SMU playing their way in as they win the American. You see they're sent 15th seed Mississippi State, limped through the finish line, early exit of the SEC tournament to Alabama. They hold on, though, to their top 16 seed. They're going to face Alabama State round one, then the winner of Tulane and Middle Tennessee in round number two. Chris, your reaction to that TCU 16th? I mean, look, yeah, for that Mississippi State quarter, a very familiar you know, eighth, I guess, a very familiar yeah. section. They played Tulane and Middle Tennessee both at home already this year. So uh, a, a very, a very common section. A&M to TCU seemed, seemed inevitable, uh, a match to to look forward to. But uh, yeah, I mean, let's, let's be honest, Gruskin. The only thing that matters out of this entire quarter is, is that, you know, Brett Macy and company are going to Ann Arbor. So let's, let's just get, let's get the flights and the the drives and whatever ready it's it's all about the USC Michigan match. Yeah, we'll get there. I will say that SMU AM match is fascinating. It's just a lot of guys like across the board, and you could throw darts and kind of match up however you want. That is a really fun first round match. We'll get to that Michigan eighth in a section, uh, in a second here. Jay, your reaction to the TCU section? I think it's the most ho hum section. I think this is a you know very straightforward path for TCU. I don't see any issues getting through to the round of 16 here. Yeah. All right. Well, then let's get to it. Michigan, seven seed. They're going to host Toledo round number one. Obviously, again, they get through that. They'll face the winner. of That's a fun match. Cal versus LSU. And credit to head coach Danny Bryan brings in just about all but one new player to this LSU roster. Gets them to the NCAA tournament in his first season. Uh, they're going to take on a Cal team that is very, very dangerous. And credit to Coach Chris Quinta again. He has Cal back in the the right, headed in the right direction. Uh, obviously, winner of that region is going to face the winner of 10th seeded USC. USC, of course, winning the Pac-12 tournament. Haven't lost since adding Lerner Tien to their lineup. They're going to face Idaho round number one. They get through that. They'll face the winner of San Diego and UC Santa Barbara. 
Yeah, it was inevitable. I mean, at the moment Lerner Tien got eligible, you could just feel this coming in the ethos, in the math. And God, let's just say it. If you're a Michigan fan, I think I already sent this text to both of you yesterday. You like USC, TCU, Ohio State, and Texas. Those are the four matches you'd have to win to potentially get to an NCAA title. You could argue on paper those are the four most talented teams. Not the best draw, some <laughs> scholars would argue. Now, again, you got to beat the best to be the best. So it is what it is. Who cares? But it's a tough draw. Yeah, like 99% of the time, Gruskin, I'll tell you, hey, once I make my pick, I stand by it. I'm out. I bail. Sorry, I'm not picking Michigan to win it all anymore. Now, That's actually now the best news you could have offered. Exactly. Now your boys can go on a run, but there is zero chance that I'm taking them to win those four matches. So I'm out. They have to win all four of them, Jay. Yeah, what a what a brutal path, Jay. Yeah, I mean, I mean, USC was you know the the lurking team here, right? So whoever was in that seven ten spot was going to have a very tough uh, round of sixteen match. It happens to be Michigan. Look, I I know you know Michigan fans will be doing a rain dance that weekend. Make sure this match is indoors, uh, you know, and that's what they'll hope for. But yeah, it's a it's a it's a tough it's a tough slot. Yeah, Jay, I I have money that bets Gruskin hires the fire department to just spray the courts with water. No, <laughs> if you want to see this match as a college tennis fan, you should hope it's indoors because that's where the cameras are at Michigan. So, well, this is true. That's a different problem. That's a yeah, different problem. Well, Gruskin. I'm just saying that's that's I'm just that's some scholars would argue. Um, no, it's I mean, look. The counters, Michigan beat USC earlier this season. Now, it was a TN-less USC, but they did beat them earlier this year. And look, we'll talk about the Big Ten tournament on Wednesday. We don't have to do that now. It's a match. I mean, that's a, they got to get there first. Like, again, what if that Cal, like Cal is really good? Uh, that's what I'm looking at first. And, um, you know, that is no gimme. Um I think USC San Diego could be really fun just because San Diego is a very talented group that have played everyone extraordinarily close all year long. Now, again, USC has gotten really good down the home stretch of the season, but to Jay's point earlier, Stanford played them tough at the Pac-12 tournament. Yeah. Whoever was going to get USC, that was the question. Who was going to be seven? And the answer is Michigan. So as you look at this quarter, I'll tell you what, it probably moves up to number one in in the most fascinating section of the draw. Like more broadly, Chris, does it not? Uh, yes. I mean, look, come on. USC, we, TCU, they haven't played. Like they played earlier. TCU beat them, but they didn't have TN. No, that I mean. And that, let's just say Michigan beat TCU last year. So like there is history in this region. Yeah, there's no matter where USC went, they were going to be a, you know, a very good that you know they're going to be the sexy pick if you will to say they're making the they're making Orlando just because they haven't had, you know they're they are where they are in the rankings because they didn't have Lerner Tien all year so that that's going to be very interesting and to your point there's even if they don't make it Michigan's got history with TCU so it this is no I mean TCU can't feel great I mean even though they knew this is probably what they were going to end up with in their quarter they can't feel great about the draw they they've got here. They didn't get the the best of the quarters, that's for sure. Jay, your final thoughts on this TCU quarter? Well, I don't know if they didn't get. I mean, you know, if you're TCU and you get Michigan, I mean, that is absolutely the best 
I think, match that you could get in the quarterfinal. Uh, now, if Michigan gets there, I'm not sure because of USC. But I, if I'm TCU, I'd much rather play Michigan over any of the other five through eight seeds. So, you know, I do think TCU is very happy with their draw, particularly because I anticipate that they'll come into Orlando fairly unscathed, uh, which might not be the case for some of these other teams. The counter would be USC kind of needs a gut punch, and they got it at Pac-12, certainly with that Stanford match with the Utah final but, like, again, this team, if you technically talk about this USC iteration, it's like six matches into their season because that's how long they've had TN. And so, again, a little tough 4-3, like a 4-3 match anywhere for USC. I think, obviously, if you're Brett Macy, he's like, no, we can win 4-0. It's fine. But they're going to have to play 4-3 at some point. And so, yeah, that that obviously, again, becomes the most fascinating super regional should both teams ultimately get there. But... Look, again, we'll be offering predictions. We'll go through the most interesting regions. We'll go through the most interesting first-round matchups over the course of the next two days on the deciding point. Let's wrap today's show with some final thoughts here. I'll start uh, with you, John J. Parsons. More interesting draw. Instant reaction. Men's or the women's and why? It's uh, tough. They're both pretty good. Well, I'll go uh, I'll go short-sighted. I'll say the men's. Because I think there's probably some more interesting matches in these first two matches on the men's side than perhaps the women's side. So, you know, long term TBD, but I think at least this first weekend, probably more focused on the men's. Okay, Chris, same question to you. Man, how did Jay and I flip seats here? Um, I'm actually going to say the women's only because I think I wasn't sold on the fact that the committee was going to go straight, say, formula per se, and that the, you know, the higher ranked team would end up losing out if they lost both the the common opponents and top 50 wins. And it was much more prominent being the three, four teams on the women's side uh, than it was on the men's. So that was a little more interesting and surprising to me. Uh, I, I will say, I, I think they're lower down, maybe a few more uh, interesting and surprising things on the men's side, but, uh, but that really kind of set the tone for me uh, on the women's side. Yeah. I think, it's tough. I just think there's a little bit more certainty on the women's side in the sense that you feel like as interesting as the first few rounds may be, it does feel like it, things are setting up for UNC versus NC State final. It's kind of been pointing that direction ever since Diana Schneider committed to play for NC State. At the same time that they are on opposite sides of the draw is probably the single most significant reveal we got of the day. There's some really fun men's first round matches. There are really fun women's first round matches. This is the sort of waffly take you offer when, again, you are offering your instant reactions. Yeah, I think big picture, I'm more intrigued by the uncertainty on the men's side. I do think there are a bunch of teams playing really well down the home stretch, and I'll offer my Ohio State take again, I suppose, on Wednesday, but I absolutely think they're in the mix with the TCUs, with the Texases, and then, again, with USC, Michigan, all these SEC teams calloused up throughout the year. I'm less certain about who's going to win the men's title, but man, like, again, I think that women's draw is very, very fun. And to Jay's point, once we hit the round of 16 on the women's side, once we hit the quarterfinals on the women's side, on both sides, then it just becomes coin flip tennis. And that's what it's all about. Of course, we're so excited to be able to say we'll have coverage of so much of that NCAA, 
uh, NCAA tournament, excuse me, for all of you over the course of the next month. Now we'll get more specific with the sites we're covering, what the game plan looks like as we finalize details here over the next week. But if you are a coach watching this, you're hosting, you're wondering how do we um, get involved in the Crack Rackets broadcast, you know where to find me. You know where to find Dalton Thieneman, Daniel Westoff. Feel free to reach out to Chris or Jay if you're closer with one of them as well as Ken. We are excited to show off what promises to be an exciting Dramatic, eventful NCAA tournament here this year. Before we sign off, I'll start with you, John J. Parsons. Any final thoughts? Are you ready to recap and break everything down as you prepare for tomorrow's show? Yeah, I got a lot to break down. I got a lot to look at. By the way, we also have lineups now officially out 4 p.m. Pacific mm-hmm. time. So we got to break down those. Chris, that'll be our homework and prep for Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, so no, I'm looking forward to it. Jay, do you want to join us on Wednesday? Uh, let me get back to you on that. Okay, but the the offer, Chris, you're allowed to join us tomorrow too. I just you you know again, getting Chris to show up on time for anything is like trying to get me to pronounce anything correctly. Um, and it's, it's just difficult. Um, yes, I'm not coming. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right. With all the yes, and Gary Young asks, we will will we hear your views on Ohio State versus Michigan during the deciding point? Yes, we're going to break down the Big Ten tournament. We're going to break down the Pac-12 tournament. Obviously, Stanford uh, women, USC men, your title winners, Ohio State men, Michigan women, your titles winners in the Big Ten. We'll talk. I about forgot that. we had to do that, Jay. You should just fill in for me Wednesday. I don't want to have to rehash that again. It's no, getting we're gonna, three no, times. No. Come on. We're doing it a third time, Chris. Get ready for it all. But with all of that said, then a shout out to both of you for joining me. A shout out to all of our listeners who tuned in. A shout out, of course, to super producer Daniel Westoff, who makes all of this possible as well. And again, we will be back the next two days. More depth, more clarity. Dare I say more organization as well. With all that in mind for the fantastic John J. Parsons. Uh, for the professor, Chris Halliors, for our super producer, Daniel Westhoff, and for everyone here at Crack Rackets, I'm Alex Gruskin. You've been watching our live coverage of the 2023 NCAA Tournament Division One unveiling. We will see you all over the next two days.